Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everyone to St. Louis Realtor Podcast live here from the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. This is Podcast 11 and we have an exciting guest I'm about to introduce and tell you about. I wanted to thank you for listening Remind you to check out our website for links and photos and to all the different things that we talk about. And uh, wanted to invite everyone to our yearly Cinco de Mayo party that we have here at the office. You can look for information about that on our website too. But I'm excited and I'm just going to jump right into it because we have one of St. Louis's best bloggers, top realtors, and from what I hear, a really good realtor. And her name is Dawn Griffin. She's from Circa Properties. Welcome, Dawn. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you today, and I'm sure that this whole podcasting experience is new to you, kind of like it is new to me, but I'd like you to sort of introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you. Darn Griffin. I'm with Circa Properties. I have been an agent since 2004. Oh, wow. And I am the mother of two very small children who are apparently averse to sleep because I am up all night. So are you a night person or a morning <laughs> no, person? No, I'm a morning person. This is killing me. <laughs> and so you get up early still and then you work all day and then the kids want to stay up all night? They just get up a lot. They just don't sleep very much. Did you say they're newborns? Uh, I have a three-year-old. Well, she's almost three. And okay. a one-year-old, he'll be one in April. Wow. Yeah. So they're kind of right around the terrible twos? Yeah, they're on opposite sides of the terrible twos. Are they realtors in training? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. No, well, because I guess to be a realtor, you have to care about other people. They seem very (laughs) self-centered to me. At this point in their life, they're still (laughs) trying to figure it out, Don. Give them a chance, you know? (laughs) You said you got started in 2004. What kind of got you into the business? How did that happen? Did you always want to be a realtor since you were three, like your children? I had a passion for it early when my parents sold their first house and I was old. Well, they didn't sell their first house. It was the first experience that I ever saw a real estate transaction. And they were trying to sell our house. And I said, why why would you sell it? Let's keep it. Let's rent it. Uh And that way we'll always have it. And you can just buy something else. How old were you at this time? Eight. And you already knew about renting and everything? But we had... Like, um, it can cash flow, guys. Let's get on to this. That's really what I was thinking. (laughs) We... um, it was a duplex. Okay. So we had already rented out the second floor. Okay. And lived on the first floor. So my parents were landlords and I, I just had an, an so idea of that. So that was your exposure that. to mm-hmm. real estate and landlording and all that kind of thing? Yeah. And you said, let's keep it. And they said, no? Yeah. They said, we're done with, we're done with landlording. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> so we ended up just convert. Well, we, they ended up just converting it to a single family because they were just done being landlords. We converted into a single family and then they sold it? And then, no, and then we stayed there for another 10 years or something. Okay. So then fast forward 10 years later, now you're 18-ish, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to get into any numbers precisely. And now you're able, I guess, to get your real estate license. Did you just jump right in and get it or did you do something else before this? No. My undergraduate degree is in English and classical languages. So okay. I um, was useless uh, <laughs> I I had no marketable skills, um, but I did end up teaching, um, which I was not really good at. Okay. Um, I was at the best, one of the best schools in St. Louis. I was at Kirkwood High School. I was surrounded by the best teachers. I had really good students, and I just realized this is not for me. If I'm surrounded, if this place is so wonderful, it's just not me. So we can't. I needed to change and do something that suited me better. Were you not motivated or did you felt like you weren't motivating the students or their scores weren't doing well or 
Why am I focusing I on just this negative? Didn't, I just didn't love it. Like I'm the kind of person who when I'm loving it, I will work all night long. And I just, it, I just didn't love it. Okay. okay. Um, and so I was daydreaming about, I was living in Forest Park Southeast then, which looked very different than it looks now. Uh-huh. And I was daydreaming every day about buying the properties and renovating them and doing community development. Oh, wow. And so I just, I just realized like, this is a really good environment. I don't want to teach. That's not what I want to do. I want to be in real estate. So I switched. And you know, we, the reason you're here today is because your blog is one of the top rated blogs in St. Louis. And so I guess you were able to sort of merge your love for, you must've had some sort of love for English language and writing and all that stuff. I guess I'm guessing for you to uh, major in that. And then you're able to merge that with your love for real estate. Yeah. Love, love, hate. I think it takes me forever to write those blogs. They're, they're hard. They're, they're meaty because it's like what I'm, every time I run into a challenge, every time I get asked a new question, that's Uh kind of what I use to blog about. So it's like, I'm always researching and, and doing that stuff and taking what I'm learning sort of on the street and trying to synthesize it for myself as well as other people. And that's one of the things I liked about your blog when I was looking through it is that you, you're kind of answering questions that I think a lot of people have, but that a lot of real estate or in general websites don't answer. On your website, I saw something about urban planning. Are you an urban planner? Um, when I stopped teaching, I, I kept thinking about community development and okay. I, I wasn't thinking about real estate development. I was thinking about community development, but I had been in school for what seemed like forever to me. So I thought, I'm not going to quit my job and go back to school. I want to get experience on the ground. And it seemed like getting my real estate license was was opening that door so uh-huh. that I could just see what happened at the street level. Um, and then that opened up a whole new world, and and the rest is history. I was just just taken. <laughs> okay. But so you, you, I guess, so you're just saying you have an interest in urban planning. Oh no, I did. So after I was sort of on the ground doing like, you know, helping buyers and sellers, that's when I said, okay, I really want to take the next step with my education. I just didn't want to go like straight. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't want to go back to school. I wanted to get some like real world experience first. And then after, I guess after I was in the business for about three years, I learned about the master's in planning at mm-hmm. SLU. Um, and I just, I read the curriculum and I just said, I want to do That's it. Me. I just I got to have it. Yeah, I got to, exactly. I got to have it. I don't, I don't know if I ever intended to stop being an agent, but I just felt like that knowledge, I didn't know which direction I was going to go really. Okay. Um, but I did finish the master's there and oh wow, I mean, good for you. Yeah, it was, no, it was great. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that I use it every day, but I just feel like it informs the way I go about the city. Well, let me ask what is probably a silly question, but kind of, if you don't mind answering, what is urban planning? And and also, how does that really apply to a city like St. Louis that seems basically developed? I picture urban planning like, hey, we've got this, you know, like uh, what was Dubai 20 years ago? It was just a desert, right? And they sort of planned this area. How does, what is urban planning and how does it apply to St. Louis? Um. Well, okay, just specifically, Gaslight Square. Uh Gaslight Square was like a great um, sort of city-sponsored, focused, and driven redevelopment of a derelict district. Okay. And so I feel like that happened because there was an urban planning impetus behind it. It's one of my favorite new developments in the city because I feel like there was just a lot of thought 
put into who developed it and how they developed it and what were the setback lines and how should this tie into the the architecture around it versus some of the other developments in the city that were just purely developer driven like profit driven kind of mm-hmm. that okay. maybe don't blend in as well with their surroundings they didn't incorporate the neighborhood they didn't think about the community oh, wow. and the integration within the city itself and so you know there the city was behind it the alderman was behind it the mayor was behind it they attracted several developers each developer had criteria that they need to meet each development is different and yet they blend really well together and so i think that was a great example of urban planning on the city level it's a, so it's a mix of architecture it's a mix of kind of like revitalizing an area i mm-hmm. guess it's a mix of giving people more places to live and you even talked about setback lines and all that kind of stuff they have to consider how it's going to look yeah and some of it was rental some of it was commercial space some of it was was single family and Mm -hmm. i just feel like having a plan is what made that really great okay versus it being strictly profit driven is gaslight square larger than kind of olive so i have a one of our agents lives in what i believe is gaslight square I go to her house and I drive down, uh, I guess, I think it's Washington. You know, there's kind of some boarded up buildings and some new developments. And then I come around and I go down Olive, which I believe is where her house is on. And it's like these really nice $400,000 houses. And I drive past this kind of busy looking boxing gyms and stuff like that. And is that, I think that's Gaslight Square, isn't it? Yeah. And I think okay. it's just those three or four blocks of Olive. Okay. But considering what it was before they got there and what it is now. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just that's just one of my favorite. And it's a nice ad- kind of like addition I guess to the Central West End. Mhm. So what is it? It's right between SLU and the Central West End. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's urban planning. It sounds interesting. Maybe I should go back and get my masters in urban planning too. Yeah, I, it was great. SLU had a good program for it. I really enjoyed it. I learned so much. They have a focus in community development, a focus in economic development, and then a focus in physical development. I just learned so much. So you're a realtor and a successful realtor, and we do have some realtors that like to listen to the show. So I'm wanting to ask you, as a realtor, what would you say is working for you and what's not working for you? What is working? Um, Time blocking. Really? You time block? Is working. Well, not... Maybe not quite as to the level that we're taught to time block, but don't take appointments in the morning. Don't go on showings in the morning. Use the morning time to do like the marketing or the planning or getting all the files together, like the sit down paperwork, like, but stuff you have to do all the time. (laughs) Yeah. But in seat time, like making (laughs) making sure I'm in the seat to get the work done. And then that way, just knowing when I take a call sort of randomly, all right, I take appointments in the afternoon. Okay. So do you go to the office every morning? I work every day. You yeah. work every at day? At the office. I cannot I cannot work at home. And is that when you write your blogs is in the morning? Yeah, I will do the majority of the blog writing in the morning or late, late at night from home. And is this morning time that we're talking about, is this kind of more like business planning, business development, or if you have a deal that's blowing up, do you deal with that in the morning or do you kind of wait till the afternoon for that? Hopefully it doesn't get to the point where it's blowing up, but yeah. (laughs) Um, File time is generally in the morning too. Okay. Well, that's good because you know, I'm, I'm doing my hand in the air now, like the roller coaster thing that you know that most realtors seem to be on. And it's probably because they don't do that time blocking, right? Instead of taking time for themselves or for their business, they're spending all their time all day just dealing with their deals Mm -hmm. that they have going on any other hot tips 
Just being better about staying in touch in a more consistent and authentic way. Okay. I don't know if you can even answer this, but what's not working? Reading my email at stop signs. That's not working. That's not working. I've I've missed so many. Or just not responded. Like I'll read the email. I'll think about the response. Then by the time I get in front of a computer to respond. You forget to respond. I forget to respond. Well, you just have to mark it as unread. <laughs> All right. That's all I do. I I'll read do the email, the mark as unread, yeah, and then follow up at the second stop sign. I'm curious, do you specialize in one area of town or one type of client? Do you, you know, do you only work on historical buildings or would you help a buyer buy a property in Troy, Missouri? You know, do what's your focus? I don't know. I mean, early on, I felt like I focused where I lived, which was South City. When I bought my first house, there was I knew I wanted a two-story flat roof. Like that's what I knew, that's what I wanted. Okay. And now, like life has changed, everything has changed, and now I want, I want a nice mid-century ranch. <laughs> okay. You know, with like a double-sided fireplace, and I just feel like as as I grow and ch- like my clients have done the same thing. You mm-hmm. know, when I started out, my clients were like me you know we ran in the same circles we knew the same people we were into the same things and now everybody kind of matriculates to the next stage right and so now i'm i'm all over i'm wherever my clients need to be i learn whatever my clients need me to learn you mix it up between buyers and sellers i guess i do i uh last year i went on maternity leave and i had had an assistant before that as i was getting ready to go on maternity leave we made sure that and she had been with me for almost a year, and so we made sure that she had a real estate license. Okay. So she got her license in January. We did pretty intensive training, and then when I went on maternity leave, she took all of our buyer clients. Okay. So maternity leave, in quotes, right. for a realtor. The <laughs> <laughs> guy took two days maternity leave. <laughs> Just means that I probably wasn't going on a lot of new business appointments. I wasn't okay. meeting a lot of new people, and I wasn't going out and showing houses. Especially working with buyers can be more time-consuming, I guess. You know, very educational for us, right? But kind of can take a little bit more time. This thing about the mid-century moderns, you're into those too? It seems like I, everyone, all the cool people, all the hip people are into <laughs> mid-century moderns. I don't know. I love them. I love the idea. I mean, I live in a two-and-a-half-story brick home by Tower Grove Park. And, man, I sometimes going up and down those stairs is the only exercise I get. But I'm willing to trade that in for one level living and I would love a wood-burning fireplace. So you're not necessarily going to keep the like kind of olive green uh, stove and olive green countertops and all that I stuff. I don't know. You might do I that might. Too. It depends on what kind okay. of shape they're in. I might take them off and spray paint them. <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. So you just mentioned that you have an assistant. Yes. And I'm really, really always encouraging our realtors here and any realtor I talk to to get an assistant. Did you get one up front? Did you get one after you've been in the business a few years? If you had to do it over, would you have gotten one earlier? Just kind of talk about an assistant from a business perspective for the realtors that are listening. I definitely would have done it earlier. Okay. I waited a really long time. It's just hard to let go. It feels much safer to be in control of every aspect of every file. But then I started realizing that my clients would have better service if certain things were delegated to someone else. Uh-huh. Finding that person was its own challenge. Right. Because I didn't really know how to interview or what to say or mm-hmm. how to hire anyone. I didn't have those systems in place. So early on, when I finally got the assistant, we were kind of winging it. I feel like I got really lucky. My first assistant was fantastic and was willing to work with me face-to-face for he sort of had his own thing that he uh-huh. wanted to do. So the hours that I wanted to be face to face, he was 
totally fine with that. Okay. Um, and he didn't need a lot of hours because he also had this other thing. So you didn't start out with a 40 an hour a week person? No. And it was, it, it just ended up being just a great fit. Finally, when he realized that he would like to make a living wage, uh-huh. uh, he said, I found a great job. It's perfect for me, which was really a great, he found the perfect job for him. And I said, congratulations, please go find your replacement. Oh, really? And he did. So I mean, he kind of put in two weeks and his last two weeks was to find a replacement. Mm-hmm. And then he stayed around long enough to like train her in the things that he had been doing. So, wow. I mean, it was really. You did luck out. It was, I was very, very lucky. Are you on your second assistant now? Third, because the second assistant transitioned into a buyer's agent. There you go. On each one, I guess you learn more and more basically how you like to relate to an assistant, right? And mm-hmm. what you want them to do and how you communicate with them. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So your second one, you have a buyer's agent on your team now? I do. She is on my team. So it's the Don Griffin team? Yeah. We're, I think we're the group now. The Don, the Griffin, Don Griffin group. group. Yeah. We're trying, okay. we're trying to rebrand just a little bit. I want to drive this home because, like I said, it's so I'm always like, get an assistant, people, you know, and they don't want to do it. And so you would recommend it. Absolutely. There are so many things. So I want to send birthday cards to my clients. Right. I want to do that. I've mm-hmm. wanted to do that forever. Uh-huh. This year, it's done. We did it. I made sure I have everybody's information in my phone. Like, I'm ready to go. Everyone's yeah. getting everyone's getting a birthday card. Yes. But it was like, it was those simple things that weren't getting done. Yeah, because you have to focus on the kind of the fires, right? And yeah, yeah, building inspections and meeting contractors. and. Okay, good for you. Let's talk about the market a little bit. Okay. So do you still work with buyers at all? I do. Some. My assistant, my buyer agent is going on maternity leave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, she gets two days off, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> two days off. Okay, so you still work with some buyers. And, and talking about the market, what we're seeing is – like low inventory, that type of thing? Or are you having any trouble finding buyer's property now? Absolutely. You are? Absolutely. So are you? I am. Okay. But that's what I was going to see. Do you have any hot tips for people who have their realtor working with a buyer or a buyer that's listening that's like, oh my gosh, every every open house I go to, there's 20 other people there and the realtor tells me they've got multiple offers. Are we ever going to find anything? You know, what do you say to that? Yes. Yes, we are going to find something. Yes, yes absolutely. Um, I mean, it's. I think it's kind of two-pronged. One, if you know you're in a hot area, you just have to get your ducks in a row and be ready to pounce. Right. And be ready to write. Ducks over. in a row meaning talk to your lender. Talk to your lender. If you have a house to sell, make sure it's sold. Know what you want. <laughs> know what you want. Know what... I still have people who will they will lose in a multiple offer situation because they won't write full asking or over uh-huh. because they still think it's 2009. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's not 2009. No, this is so different. It's really hard to get used to is, mm-hmm. I mean, from, from your perspective, are you right? So yeah, when I started in the business, it was when I really got into it, it was kind of, I guess it's, it's I've never been in the business when it was as kind of strong, I guess, as a seller's market as it is now. And everyone always talked about it. it's a bad market. It's a bad market. But I'm like, it's great for the buyers, you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's supposed to be a great market, a great market. But it's kind of great for sellers, not as great for buyers, you know. And so I'm I'm having the same situation. But have you done anything creative to try to find houses for your buyers? Or do you guys just, do you just, that one comes on the market and you find it? Absolutely. Everyone is on a portal. Everyone is watching immediately. I'd say, mm-hmm. you know. 
50, no, more than that, probably 75% of the time, my clients will see the new listing before I will because they are watching. They, they are it, really right. watching. Uh-huh. And then they'll call me and say, this is it. We got to go. It's hot. Um, but what I've done and what what I haven't done is so much more agent to agent uh-huh. talking. Oh, what yeah. do you have coming up? Right. This is, and it, we didn't, I don't know if you did. I, n- I never did that really before. I never had to go to the agent and say, what do you have coming? What do you have coming? Especially to the agents who are particularly known for a specific area. Right, exactly. And say, please tell me what you have coming. Please tell me what's on your list. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot more agent to agent talking than I feel like it used to be in the past when we could rely simply on the MLS. So you're seeing the value in kind of having a relationship with other agents when a lot of the agents nowadays, especially the kind of the younger agents, don't really understand why why should I talk to these other realtors? I, they're my enemy, right? Yeah, yeah. But they're not your enemy. It takes a long time to learn that, or, or it might take one good year, uh-huh. to or one bad year. <laughs> I have actually I've had a lot of luck calling. You know, I've had buyers looking like in South City, right? And I'll mm-hmm. call Angela Kittner and I'll be like, "Hey, what do you got coming up?" You mm-hmm. know, and she's like. We can go look at this one. You can go look at this one. You can go look at this one. I'm like, this is great. I love this. And it's because I called her, you know, and there's a lot of experts in the areas. And so. Yeah. Yeah. Much more beneficial than waiting. Have you ever tried anything else like mailing an area and saying, hey, please, gosh, I've got a buyer. I haven't, but I have this really cute family (laughs) and they want to be in an area that is this big. Uh-huh. So I don't know how to describe that, but it's this big. Right. It's all that they want to be in. And I just feel like if I walked around with them and knocked on the door and mm-hmm. said, look at this cute family. <laughs> I thought, if I look through the tax records, who's been here 20, 25 years? Mm-hmm. Look at this cute family. That's the kind of thing that would be that's awesome to have an assistant, right? Because you can say, <laughs> look through this area that's this big and give me this kind of information. When it'd be hard for you probably to sit down and spend the five hours or whatever that it might take to do all that. I've tried the mailing and all that kind of stuff and it, it sort of works. Not really. Tell Did, me. Have, t- has anyone called you? Have you done it? Have I have called? done it and I've, they've called and, um, you know, not to sound too negative, but they're like most for sale by owners that the people that have called me in general mm-hmm. are, are like most for sale by owners and they're a little bit unrealistic about their price. You know, one was really unrealistic. It probably should have been two fifty. She was like, I think it's worth four fifty. You know, I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> Not so, a match. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to tell us what areas you have someone looking for in case there's a seller listening that can give you a call? Uh, Greenbrier in Kirkwood. Greenbrier? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're golfers, I guess? Not like really. Today. They are not, but they have some friends that live in the area. The grandparents are about half a mile away. Okay. I would think you could probably find some people that are looking to sell there. Yeah. It does seem like they've been there a while. You'll do it. And any Greenbrier home <laughs> sellers listening, give Donna a call. We'll have her phone number at the end here. I want to talk to you a little bit about your blog. Okay. We chatted about this a little bit already, but I know your blog entries are very detailed. Or you said that you spend a lot of time on them and kind of make sure that they're perfect, it sounds like. So one of my questions was, do you write them yourself? But you've already answered that. I almost always write them myself. I've asked a couple lender partners. Uh-huh. Um, we have lenders who come to our Tuesday meetings, and okay. every now and then they'll just deliver this just beautiful nugget of information. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh. I want that. Yeah, I want that. Can you write about that? Um, so I've had lender partners do it. And most recently, um, the blog post about 27 Crosswinds, which is a new listing that I have, uh-huh. was written by my assistant. 
Nice. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Like, right, because then I just got three hours of my life back to, yeah. you know, talk with clients or work on files or, you know, do something else because those blog posts take forever. Especially yours because it looks like you have pictures on there and you kind of draw on maps and you, you had like routes to different places and all sorts of interesting stuff. The the one that you wrote about, I think it was how to handle multiple offer situations or how to get your multiple offer offer noticed, right? Yeah. Is this kind of thing? These are this is your inspiration, right? You must have been in a situation like that and you came up with something cool to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where all the inspiration comes from is day to day business. Like, I learn. We're just learning every day, right? Every yeah. day I'm learning something. I haven't been on every street in the city yet, so it's every day I'm learning something. Or when I'm getting asked questions that I don't already know the answer to, you know, those, those types of things or the research that we do for clients that they never see, you know, like Mm -hmm. researching all the comps, trying to figure out how to help a seller get to the best list price or planning a route for an out of town buyer, Uh you know, all that research that no one sees us do, but we make great blog posts. Yeah, that's true. So I guess I'm curious, do you get much business from your blog? If that's even okay for me to ask. If you don't want to answer, that's all right. Oh, no, it's fine. It's kind of hard to track, I guess, because I don't always ask where the business Uh comes from. Um, I probably can do a better job of it this year. There was one year before the the babies came where I did track it, and it seemed like 30% of the people were coming from the blog somehow. You know, I don't ever know what their first point of contact is with me, Mm -hmm. but it... There are people who've never met me, and they've not been referred by a past client or right. someone that I know. And ultimately, they find the blog, and they read it, and they're like, "This girl's great. This makes sense. Like we we don't mind spending eight hours or ten hours or eighteen hours trapped in a car with her. Like she uh-huh. she will get us. She won't think we're crazy. <laughs> I guess you can probably tell the difference between a sign call and someone who calls off your blog." Yeah. The sign call, they're like, how much is it? Okay, I got to go, right? Mm-hmm. And off your blog, they're like, oh my gosh, we're so sorry to take your time. <laughs> You're like a celebrity to us now, right? Because we read your stuff and we love it. I, th- I just, I think they know. I just remember being in the grocery store one day and I answered the phone and he's like, I read your blog. I think we're on the same page. I'm moving <laughs> yes. from California. And That's awesome. Yeah. He said, do you want to help me? I said, absolutely. You're like, I don't know. Do you have a blog I can read so I can find out if I like you or not? <laughs> Okay, that's neat. So, but we don't really want to encourage all the other all the other agents to start writing blogs, right? So, I don't know why not. Then we all not? sort of attract. We can attract the people who fit our personalities, yeah. right? And that's true. If uh, if every realtor would write a blog, then it, it would teach you about their personality and kind of are they honest? Are they upfront? Are they cutting corners? That kind of stuff. Do you want to give a shout out to anyone for helping you make your website? Jay David. <laughs> Jay David. Jay David with Toki Branding and Design. Okay. Well, is, is Toki a local company? Yeah, it is. They do um, they do branding and design for um, universities, architects. Uh, they worked with the Pulitzer Art Museum. They worked oh, wow. with Washio. Yeah. Okay. They worked yeah. with HOK. That explains why it looks so good. Yeah, I did not design that. <laughs> I've got my five questions that I ask everyone, but before we jump into that, I'm going to just ask you one more. What is the best phone call you could get? Let's see. We walked through your open house on Sunday. We put together a full price offer, not <laughs> contingent upon anything at all. Okay. We don't even need to do inspections. 
would you take it? What I what's your seller's ideal closing time? Right. We do have a briefcase <laughs> of cash right here. We can pay cash today. Okay. That's a good answer. That's a good answer because you're really still looking out for your client there, your seller client. I like that. That's good. All right, so my five questions. Oh, I read those. You I, did? I did. I peeked at those. Those are hard. <laughs> well, we'll start with an easy one. Who lives under your roof? Uh, my husband, Jay David. Uh, my daughter, Josie Scout David. And my son, Wyatt Griffin David. Our 10-year-old German Shepherd, Cooper, and me. You you have a 10-year-old German Shepherd? Mm-hmm. Does yeah. he have hip problems? No, he's great. He's really? doing great. That's yeah. good. He okay. doesn't get the attention he deserves, but he is doing just fine. Well, I'm sure the kids running around keeps him kind of intrigued, at least. Keeps okay. him moving from one sofa to the other. Well, if you do move to your new house with that's all on one level with the fireplace and a big backyard, I'm sure. What's the dog's name? Cooper. Cooper will love it. And this is kind of a hard one. I don't exactly give you a direction here, but where are you your best? In the field, honestly. Just doing the work, like... Finding the right price to list at, figuring out the marketing path or vice versa, like negotiating the offer, being with a buyer and helping them, counseling them. They have so many thoughts going on. Mm-hmm. What What is really their best route? They have all these options to choose from and just in the, like the counseling mode of the job. Is you my feel really, really comfortable talking yeah. about real estate with a client. Yeah. How much property is worth, what the neighborhood's like, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I told one of my friends, I was like, I'm actually really shy. She's like, you're in sales. I said, no. I I said, I'm, yeah, I'm great. In a car, one-on-one, talking with a person about this thing that I know about. Uh-huh. I was like, not so great at parties. Well, you, you, I think a lot of people think of realtors as being in sales, and it seems like your personality type is kind of like mine in that we you're not we're not really selling i mean do you feel like you're selling anything like hey buyer get in my car i'm gonna get you to sign a contract today you know it's i don't think i mean i feel like there's one point of sale and that's when you like go and meet a homeowner uh-huh. who's interviewing you for a job and you have to sell yourself selling yourself i think, feel like that's the sale and then once they realize that you know what you're talking about then it stops being a sale and it just starts being a conversation uh-huh and with your blog, and if they've looked at, if they've seen your signs or seen your website or any of that stuff, you probably have a lot easier time selling yourself because I'm guessing that you show up and they pretty much already know they want to list with you. Maybe. I don't know. That, that, would, that would be the best <laughs> phone call. Not everybody reads. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody reads the blog. What is your guilty pleasure? <clears throat> Tabloids. Tabloids? Mm-hmm. The grocery store checkout line. Like you like to know all the gossip and oh, stuff yeah. like that? Yeah, absolutely. Did Bruce Jenner really tell his daughters that he's going to become a woman? I, I mean, that's know. what they say. I was standing in the checkout line. My husband was paying. He was like doing the work. I was like, is this true? Jay, is this true? You're on Reddit all the time. Is this true? <laughs> that he told him? I don't, that's th- what I, I don't and know. And he was like, he just looked at me like, you are crazy. Put that down. But yeah. Okay. Do you have any favorite celebrities you like to follow? or No, man. Whoever is on the cover. Whoever's on the cover. Do you actually buy them? No, I don't. Oh. Okay. I just... Which There's is probably worse, pro- right? Must. It's probably worse that I don't buy them because I devour them and then I don't pay for them. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so that's a, good, that's a good guilty pleasure. Tell me this. Your favorite either blog or podcast other than your own. So on long car rides... Okay. My husband will fill up the phone, uh-huh. and he it, I don't ever really discover anything on my own, but I have discovered through him the hardcore history 
It's um, called Hardcore History. Hardcore it's a History. Podcast? Yeah, by Dan Carlin. And I, I love it. What do they talk about? Anything. I think one of the, my favorites was about Genghis Khan and like the, oh, wow. the step people. That's what I think it was called, the step people. So, I mean, it's just really, it's in-depth. He's a great storyteller. Oh, wow, and you okay. can just tell that he is reading book after book after book about the subject so it's like it's like going to history class in college and is every podcast a different subject Mm -hmm. yeah and they're they really they really range from like ancient rome to world war ii so he gets into it hardcore for every single one yeah it's awesome cool who is your mentor and how have you thanked them oh do you have a mentor i don't did anyone teach you kind of about real estate i mean not Really? I I mean, I've had some really good brokers. I've met some really good agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I hired a coach once early, early on, but I didn't um, probably wasted that opportunity. Okay. Or have you ever had like an accountability partner? I did once have an agent um, in the office and we met once a week and just said, what are the things you are going to accomplish this week? And then we met every week and talked about them and just doing that was enough to kind of keep you motivated. Mm-hmm. I guess you either have it or you don't. So my question about how have you thanked them probably isn't applicable really. Unless... I don't know. I feel like there are lots of unthanked people. <laughs> right. Tell us how, how the listeners can find you. Uh, let's see. DawnGriffin.com is the website and the blog is there. The phone number is 314-413-7086 for any of you in Greenbrier who are ready to sell. <laughs> Um, and email is Dawn at DawnGriffin.com. D-A-W-N-G-R-I-F-F-I-N. Dawn at DawnGriffin.com. Give her a call or shoot her an email for all your real estate needs. Thank you, Dawn. I hope that was relatively painless. Check out our website, and we'll have more information from today's podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thank you.